Praise the Lord. Trusting Jesus. Boy, we're all being pushed into a place where we need to trust Jesus, aren't we? I mean, I know it's not just me, right? Uh, <laughs> and how do you, you know, trust is one of the hardest things, and yet it, it's one of the easiest things. If you really trust, it's easy. You know, you're not worried when you're a child, my dad's going to take care of the rent. He's going to drive me where I need to go, whatever. Uh, but it's hard when you can't see and when things appear contrary and when you don't know what's ahead. Trust is a challenge, but the things we're talking about can make it easier for us to enter into that place of trust where it's easy, where we can rest, where we can be excited even about what the Lord's doing in spite of what we're seeing around us. And how do we get into that place? Well, you can build your faith up through the daily practice of being in the Word and prayer. And for the past... Uh, few weeks, we've been looking at the model prayer Jesus taught the disciples when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, I'm sure that they had prayed before they made that request, but yet they said, teach us to pray. And you know, all of us, I believe, have prayed, but it still does us good to have that same request before the Lord. Teach us to pray. Teach us how to pray. Because as much as we pray, we can learn how to get into a place of more Powerful prayer, more productive prayer, more purposeful prayer, more power in our Christian walk, in our Christian life. And that's what I've been saying about the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer. It's not just a model for praying, but it's also a model for walking the Christian life out. And prayer, I believe, should be intermeshed in the Christian life. It's not just something you attach and put on once in a while. Oh, I think I'm going to set aside some time and pray that's good. We want to do that. And I believe this is, this is implied in what we're looking at today. But prayer is a lifestyle. And it's, it's something that is supernatural. Why are so many people interested in the supernatural out there and going into all kinds of things, Harry Potter, witchcraft, stuff like that, New Age? People are interested in power, and yet God has the greatest power for us. It might not be as romantic-looking and fascinating on the surface, but it is incredibly more powerful, more everlasting, more fruitful in our lives. And if we could get a hold of that, prayer might be something that we do more often, knowing that there's something going on besides us just getting quiet and trying to hear from the Lord. We are actually in the presence of God when we pray, and it's a place of partnership. God actually has us in which he wants to use us and affect his means and purposes in our lives and in our communities and our, our workplaces and schools. And, and we're in partnership with God. And that's a big thing. You know, we teach children to pray. And when I was a child and I wasn't a Christian yet, I still prayed every night. I had a a rhyming prayer, and I can't remember it now. I just remember it started with, bless me, God, the whole night through, and bless my family, too, something like that, you know? And, but prayer is much more, that's a good start. When you're a child, that's, that's what you do. But as you grow, you get into this place of partnership with God and hearing from God and bearing your heart to God and being comforted by God and, and being led. And that's, that's big business, so we should be like the disciples, always going back to the Lord. Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me to get in there. And so we've been looking at the first instances was that 
Jesus said, you need to go in your closet, shut the door. Closet is, uh, another word for closet could be storehouse. That's where you get the goods. And I'm not just talking, you get the goods, answers for your prayers, but I believe the storehouse implication is that you get closer to the Lord. You get the, all the goods of fellowship with God and, and relationship with God and the comfort of his love but you have to shut the door. You have to get private. You have to shut the door. We should always be praying. We can pray when we're at the supermarket. We can pray when we're in the car. But there's something about getting alone with God and just having our total concentration there, shutting the door. And that's where I believe some powerful things happen. And you say, well, I've done that. It didn't seem so powerful. If you consistently do that, it will seem powerful. And even when it doesn't feel that way, I believe that God is honoring that faithfulness and he's producing something. And often we experience that fruit later if we don't at that moment. But I believe there's great times in that moment too. So we started off with hallowed be thy name. Our, we're, we're in position as children of God, our father in heaven. He's a good father and prayer Prayer begins with a P, so we're going to give each petition a P word. And so, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, is our position. We are children. We are, and we are putting him before all, our position. And then we went on to your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's where we are submitting to his his agenda, and we're confessing our partnership in kingdom things. That's the second P, partnership. So we're in position, children of God. We are in partnership for the kingdom. And today we talk about provision. Provision. Give us this day our daily bread. And we're looking at that from Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. And so right off the bat with this, we learn something. We learn that... Uh, Prayer is about giving. Um, well, the first two petitions, let me go back a little bit here. When we say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. When we say, uh, your kingdom come, we are giving something to God. We are, we are giving, we are offering up ourselves. We are offering up our desires for him to be first. We are in the place of giving. But then when it comes to give us this day our daily bread, it turns and now we are putting ourselves in a position of receiving. So uh, prayer, we learn, is about giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. These are two necessary elements for any healthy relationship. All right. If you're in a relationship, you have to give, you, you have to receive. And the sad thing is in the church... In the church in general out there, there are a lot more people concerned with just receiving. And so it's not much of a relationship. I'm in trouble, Lord, help. Give me something. I need something. Um, and then the rest of it is just, there's no relationship there. A good, healthy relationship involves giving and receiving. So we are giving ourselves. We wake up, we may not consciously say, Lord, hallowed be your name, but we should have it in our hearts. I'm giving myself to your agenda today. I'm giving myself to submit to you, and I trust that you're going to provide for me. It's giving and receiving. And then we talked about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You're, you're giving yourself to seeking that, but then all these things will be added to you. You're going to get something in return. And that's God wants to relate with us, and God wants us to be in a, a, a 
a mode where we are being blessed and receiving. When I went to uh, different countries and I saw different religions and offering up their prayers around the temple in Tibet and in Buddhist temples, people bowing and kowtowing before idols on shelves in restaurants in China and things, and there's a lot of prayer, a lot of religions that pray, but they're praying to appease. They're praying to appease. If I, if I do my prayers, I will not come back in the next life as a dog or I will have success in my business. That We don't pray to appease. We pray to receive. And, and it's not that we're asking God in trying to appease him and just begging him. He says, give us this day our daily bread. He wants us to come to him knowing that he is a giver. So we learn from this right off the bat that God's nature is giver. He gives us life. He gives us his own life. He gives us eternal life, and he gives every good and perfect gift. James 1 verse 17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Does that sound like someone that you have to appease? Does that sound like someone that you have to beg and go to for something? Instead, it looks like... He's excited to be giving. He wants to give every good and perfect gift that comes from above. Have you had something bad happen in your life recently? I know some people who have. That didn't come from the Father. Only from the Father comes good and perfect gifts. God doesn't send a tragedy into your situation, doesn't send cancer, doesn't send a destruction of your home or something as a gift. That's not, that's not God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, not darkness. So here he is. He gives everything. He gives even his own life for us. And from this prayer we're learning, he wants to give it daily. He gives daily. So we are learning God is a giver. If you want to be most like God, give. Can you see now the sin of selfishness? Why is selfishness a sin? It is so contrary to the image of God that we were created in. We are all created in the image of God. And when you're selfish, you're doing exactly contrary to God's nature. It's almost as if you're, you're uh, putting malfunction into the design. We were designed to be generous. We were designed to give because that's who our Heavenly Father is. And we were designed always to have enough because he says, give us this day our daily bread. We have a daily proportion. So God is the ultimate giver. If you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord, be more about giving. And I'm not just talking finances, but that's included. Finances, your time, your heart, your mind. What are we giving ourselves to when we're, when we're at our leisure? I mean, what are we giving ourselves to? If we give more to God, we experience more because what we give, we receive. Give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down with good measures, shaken, running over. You, you can't outgive God. And God is a daily bread giver. And the daily bread, what is the daily bread but our sustenance, our nutrition? It doesn't say, give us this day our things that we need. It's bread, it's nutrition, it's, it's what we need to experience the eternal life that Jesus has purchased for us, and we need it daily. 
It's interesting, the, uh, it's not in the Hebrew or Greek, but there's an interesting etymology of the English word Lord. Okay, Lord. Did you know that Lord uh, comes back from an Anglo-Saxon word, but it, it refers to ancient English noblemen who kept open storehouses of bread for the people. They were called lords. And it meant dispensers of bread. So this is what I learned from uh, the commentary of Adam Clark from a verse in Genesis. But he writes, Lord is a contraction of the Anglo-Saxon word Hlofford. Sounds like you're clearing your throat. <laughs> uh, Hlofford. Afterwards, it was written Lovered, and lastly, Lord. It came into Lord from bread, hence our word loaf and ford to supply, to give out. The word therefore implies the giver of bread, he who deals out all the necessaries of life. So, Jesus is Lord, and that's a wonderful positive statement. Some people don't like to make him Lord. They say, yeah, I'll take him as Savior, but you can't just have him as Savior. If you're really taking him as Savior, you'll make him your Lord, because you can't be untouched by the power of salvation and God's love and not say, Jesus, you are Lord. But some people think, well, I'm making him Lord. That means that I have to let go of everything in my life and put it into his hands, and he has to run the show. Yes. <laughs> but why wouldn't you want to? Are you running the show good enough? Are you doing a, a good job at it? Can you do any better than him? You might love yourself, but he loves you much more. He knows better how to lead you. He knows better how to provide and what you need and how to go forward. But so many don't experience it if they don't give him that place, that position. And he's not going to force it on you. But he wants to be your Lord, a dispenser of bread in your life. And so give us this day our daily bread. Now, Luke records give us this day our daily bread in Luke 11, verse 3, differently. Luke says, give us day by day. Well, Jesus said it, but it's recorded here as, give us day by day our daily bread. So he's teaching here, Jesus taught his disciples to approach God day by day. You need a daily relationship with God. You can't run on the past manna. Remember, the Israelites received manna in the wilderness, and they were instructed to pick it up daily. And you couldn't, by the next day, the older manna was rotty. You couldn't eat that. Only on the Sabbath, they didn't have to pick it up. They had extra provision. But it was the point was is that daily we're to set our sights on the Lord. Daily we're to look to Him and to see everything as coming from His hand. But this is also a good thing. It means that He cares. It's not a burden to come to the Lord daily. It's a blessing. It means he wants to be involved in our daily lives. The God of heaven and earth, the God of all creation, the God who needs nothing, well, in a sense, needs us. He, he wants us to be in his presence daily. Did you know that your prayers give him delight? Proverbs 15, 8 says, The prayer of the upright is his delight. It's, it's a blessing to him as well as to us. You know, the early deists, uh, founders of our country, many of them were deists, and they thought, 
that there was a God, but that he kind of just wound up the universe, put it, put it into motion, and then hands off. And what good is that? Here we have a God who is interested in our, our personal lives, who wants to be a part of our personal lives daily. And how it must break his heart when we don't give him that attention, when we just go about, I got it from here, we practically sometimes we're like deists. Well, yeah, I believe, but you know, it's my, my show today, my thing. You know, don't, don't check with, the, don't seek his face, don't look to him, don't read or interpret events any through the filter of the word. It's just, I'm on my own. And that's sad to say, we, we all go into that mode at times. As Christians, we should be growing where that is less and less, and we're, we're more and more walking in him. In him, we live and move and have our being. And how do we grow like that? Again, we give him daily attention, daily focused attention. Um, I told you that bread represents sustenance. It also was spoken that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We need daily life from Jesus, that sustenance, that nutrition, because each day has sufficient trouble of its own, right? And each day we need the help. We need to understand and know who we are, put ourselves in that position, in that partnership, and be on guard for his provision, be alert for his provision. And like the manna from heaven, you just can't live off of yesterday. You know, some, I know some believers that had extraordinary experiences in the past, and they never did anything. They never improved on it. They had an, an encounter with God, a touch from the Lord, but then that was just the past. And I'm telling you, I've had wonderful encounters with the Lord, and I seek more. I want more wonderful encounters with the Lord. I keep going forward. I have to keep moving forward. But some people just rest on what they had, and, you, and the fuel is gone. So daily, day by day, it's important to come to him. And uh, why does he want it that way? Because he knows what's best for us. One of the greatest inventions, I believe, that we have is cruise control. When you're traveling and you just hit that cruise control and you don't have to put your foot on. It's so nice to be on cruise control. And wouldn't it be nice if we could just put on cruise control in our, our daily life? <laughs> that would be awesome. And, but you can't. You always have to pay attention because if you're getting too close to the other vehicle, you have to get out of cruise control. But even now, some of the newer cars, they're starting to take care of that for you. And it's, boy, that would be fine. But we can't go there. We have to say that we're not in cruise control in real life because we're always going to get too close to something. And we're always going to have to be on the alert. We're always going to need something for, for the season, for the situation. We're going to need the Lord to take care of us in this situation. And, we, and he, this is part of the relationship. You can't be on cruise control in a relationship with another human being, right? It just doesn't work. You have to be giving your attention and receiving attention. There's also good reason that we have to come day by day. Um, God can't just give everything to us all at once, whether that's a certain provision or whether that's a direction. We all know that Abraham was called out of the land of Ur of Chaldees and not told exactly where he was going. He was being led, but he didn't know exactly where he was off to, but God led him step by step through the time. 
and we often want to know everything, this would be very helpful, but sometimes we could be overwhelmed if we knew all the plans that God had for us. And so it's a mercy sometimes that we, we don't know everything all at once and get into cruise control. We have to come day by day, step by step, and we can handle each part of the journey as we get into each part. Even uh, for finances, I know of uh, ministers that have huge ministries with all kinds of money pouring in. I've heard test testimonies, they saying, you know, if I got this when I was just starting out, it would have destroyed me, would have ruined me. I wasn't ready for it. I would have wasted the money or the money would have wasted me. But God has steps involved. We have day by day where we're growing and season by season, year by year, he's, he's leading us. But it all depends on being in relationship with him and looking to him. In Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9, uh, the words of Agur, Agur as I believe he's pronounced, he wrote this, it's relevant here. It says, give me neither, it says, remove falsehood and lies far, far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So here's a, a, a wise proverb. Don't give me too much so that I go into a prosperity that forgets you. Sometimes, sometimes prosperity can be more dangerous than a trial because a trial at least gets you looking to the Lord and depending on him. But prosperity, you can suddenly say, man, I've got it all and start to forget the Lord. You might not deny the Lord uh, as blatantly as what is being suggested here, or like Peter denied the Lord, but you could subtly end up denying the Lord, just living your life without acknowledging Him and taking all the matters into your own hand and doing your own thing. And this, there's a subtle way of denying the Lord, and that's when we're full and we don't think we need Him. So give me just the allotted portion. And that food allotted to me is translated in the Hebrew as appointed portion. And that's very similar to saying daily bread. So here's a, here's a foreshadowing of the daily bread prayer right here. Give me my appointed portion. And then, of course, you need it for the other side with the trial. Don't, you know, if I don't have enough, I don't want to give up and say, where's God, and, and uh, God doesn't care, God's not taking care of me, and so I'm just going to, again, go my own way, be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Here is the heart cry of a wise person saying, give me enough for each day, and I can walk that line and grow in the things that are important and be in the right position with you, Lord. So prayer, again, remember, nurtures the relationship. It's all about relationship. It is not the appeasing prayer. It's the receiving prayer. It's relationship with God. You say, my relationship with God isn't so great. Start praying. Start getting in the Word. What do I do when I pray? Well, that's what we're looking at. Jesus taught the model prayer. We don't pray those words specifically, but we can use them to, to build up ways of worshiping God, speaking to God, asking God, and then there's always reading the Word as you pray. Getting into the Word, that's a part of prayer. You don't just read the Scriptures, but you read them prayerfully and let some of the Scriptures trigger some prayer. I read today about how the Lord is returning with flaming fire when He comes, and I, 
I'm asking the Lord in prayer then after I read that, Lord, give me a sense of that. Help me see the awesome and the wonder and, and to value my salvation all the more because of this ending that's coming. And to just, you know, you just use the word to help in that time of prayer. You'll find that sometimes you, you need some time to pray because you, you can get going and it's not so hard. But that's usually not the case with most of us because we sit there, we don't think of using tools like that. We don't think of praying according to the model prayer. We just think, I got to pray. I don't know what to pray. Oh, well, okay, dear God, thank you for this. All right, good night. And, uh, you know, and I'm not, that's better than nothing. And you can improve on that and grow in that. But I think you've got a lot more at your disposal here to help you in the art of prayer. The daily allotment is necessary day by day because of the troubles that come day by day. And if we're not in a day by day relationship with God, uh, we can be overwhelmed and you know, Satan comes, attacks, or just life hits. And, and suddenly, it's like, what am I going to do? What, oh, Lord, help. We're here we're in this big problem. And what do I, you know, you're, all of a sudden you've got something that's too much. Whereas if you're in a day-by-day -day relationship, getting your daily bread, your daily nutrition, you're going to be more prepared for when life hits or Satan hits. You're going to have more power to stand and not be shaken, not to be blown away with the wind because you're daily getting your nutrition. You're not, you're daily, you're not starving, you're not famished. You, you know the Lord, you have your daily bread and you can face this thing. And I'm all for praying a prayer and getting rid of the whole monster as fast as you can. Lord, take care of the situation. Go for it. And sometimes it happens like that. Everything's resolved and the, the good Goliath falls. But other times it takes a, a bit of whacking. Sometimes it's a wall or a tree that you have to keep chopping at and chopping at. That's prayer. Day by day, you take another chop at this thing. You say, okay, Lord, this thing hasn't gone away yet. But this is what I need for today. I need help to be kind to this person at work that mistreats me. I need to help. I need grace for my uh, relationship with so-and-so. I need some provision for the payments that have to be made. And it's, it's a Goliath that hasn't fallen yet. But each day you're, you're having this transaction with the Lord, this business with God. You're being reminded of your position with Him, your partnership with Him, and that He is the God of your provision. And it strengthens and helps and keeps you. Whereas if you don't have this day-by-day -day stuff, you can easily get whacked and, and reeling. So give us this day our daily bread. Now, there is some audacity to this. Have you ever thought about this? Give us this day our daily bread. It doesn't sound like a request. It sounds almost like a demand. You don't demand God. No, you don't demand God. You fear God. You love God. You honor God. And yet God has instructed us in this to speak almost in the sense of a command. Well, at least you don't go asking as a beggar. How many of us, oh, please, God, give me this. You know, we have just gone through the place of we've established, we are, we are your children, we have established we care for your kingdom more than our own, 
And that has brought us into a place of intimacy where we can simply say, give me my daily bread, Lord. Because we've established who we are, our, our place in the kingdom. And now, it, to me, this is a place that Jesus is inviting us to be in intimacy with God, so close to God that we don't have to beg him like a beggar, but we simply come in relationship as his child and say, give me my daily bread. You know, Mary doesn't come to me and say, oh, please, Dad, can I have dinner tonight? What? Please give me my dinner. And it's like, what's for dinner? Let's eat. Come on. You know, that's the familiarity. God wants that with us. So much that, have you noticed, this petition comes before forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our debts. Wow, that is, think about that for a moment. We're instructed to pray first, give this, you know, in my thinking, I'd think, I got to clear accounts before I ask for anything. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive my trespasses. And you do need to clear accounts if you have accounts that have to be cleared. But it's almost as if God is more interested in giving. He, I told you the nature of the Lord is a giver, the ultimate giver. It's like he's excited about giving. He wants to give, that he gives. He's telling you to ask for something before you have to pray, forgive us our debts and forgive us our trespasses. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that, but he wants this. Uh, when I have a gift for someone that I'm really excited about giving, I want to give it quickly. I, I don't want to go through formalities. I'm, I'm eager to give that birthday gift or that Christmas gift if I know it's going to really touch and bless them. Sometimes it's hard to find the right thing. But when you got something, you know it, and you know it's going to bring joy to someone, you want to get, get given. And I almost see this in this, this instruction to pray this way. He wants to give before we're dealing with the, the forgive us our trespasses stuff. That's the loving God we serve. That's why we're, we're praying to receive and not appease like other religions. And it's a boldness. We have boldness to enter before the throne of grace because of the blood of Christ. Now watch how this is played out in Luke 11, 5 to 8. Let's read this. this. This parable came right after the Lord's teaching on the model prayer in Luke chapter 11. He, he's, he talks about the Lord's prayer, and then he goes into verse 5 through 8. He said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs." Now, this passage is so wrongly interpreted and taught throughout uh, tradition. And, uh, and you're going to say, well, who made you the interpreter? Well, I think you're going to see it. I, I was taught this by someone, and now I'm teaching it because I see it. But this is not what is typically taught. Typically, it's taught just bug God, badger God, bother God, and then he'll finally give in. No, it, when Jesus says, what kind of friend 
do you have? He's, he's basically making a contrast here. He's saying, who has a friend like that, right? He, Jesus is saying, this is not the way God is. In fact, it was, uh, it was in that time, ancient hospitality itself in Middle Eastern culture that would have been immediately answered. A request for bread would be immediately answered. That was just Middle Eastern culture, hospitality. That was the rules of culture, and it took precedence. That kind of uh, cultural rule would take precedence over sleep. So he's saying, you know, here's, here's this friend who's really not a friend, who's not even being culturally acceptable here. You, you would not experience this in real life, but here he's not even giving you what you need as a culturally good friend. Who has a friend like this? And then uh, the friend is said to come at midnight, which is an inconvenient hour, and he asked for three loaves, three in scripture often signifies complete or completion. So he's, he's needing something complete because he has a guest coming, but this, this person is coming at an inconvenient time. He needs his nutrition sustenance at an inconvenient time. And so he comes at midnight. He wouldn't have to do this at an inconvenient time if he had been doing it day by day, coming for his bread day by day he would have what he needs for that. So I believe that the Lord is teaching in this. First of all, you need to not be uh, putting it off for something inconvenient because often life is inconvenient and we have to show a witness of the Lord in an inconvenient moment and we're, we're empty. How many of you have done something and said, why did I do that? That wasn't a good witness for God. And you kick yourself later. I've done that plenty of times. But uh, if we need that daily, day by day, if we're in a day by day relationship, we have it. We don't have to go at the last minute at an inconvenient hour and be knocking on the door like that. Now, it also says that um, he get, gave him his food because of his persistence. But the word for persistence in the Greek is actually uh, a little bit different than what's been translated. It's also been translated as importunity where you just have to keep badgering and badgering and persistent, and maybe God will give you something. But the word actually means shamelessness. And so the person coming at midnight is very bold and shameless. It's because of his shamelessness that the friend gets up. It's not because of friendship. It's just because it was the right thing to do in that culture. So all of this is, is Jesus saying, God is not like this, where you have to badger someone, where you have to worry about bothering this person at an inconvenient hour. The Lord is not inconvenienced by us coming to him, and he's not withholding things, waiting for us to be badgering and badgering, but instead he wants our boldness, our shamelessness, to say, give me this day my daily bread, and he's going to give it to us. And he wants to give it to us. It's not that he, we're dragging him out of bed. Which of you has a friend like that? God's not like that. That is what I believe is the proper way to look at that passage. And you've got another passage that's similar to that in Luke 18, I believe, in which there's a persistent widow who has to trouble this judge for justice. 
And it pretty much is said right there in that passage, the Lord is not like that. The Lord, how much more quickly is the Lord willing to answer your prayers? Who, who has a friend like this? And, and the Lord's not a judge like that. The Lord has invited us, give us this day. He wants to be daily involved. He has the goods and he's not being put out if we come to him. And so what's the conclusion to this story? Verse 9, Luke 11, 9. So I say, instead of a friend like that, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. No, no pounding. Seek and you will find. Pretty simple instructions. Knock and it, you'll have to keep on knocking before I get out. of. No, knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Can we go to the Lord in faith like this and say, I don't have, I'm not troubling him. I don't have to keep measuring up or make it a continual, continual badgering to get something. I can just go knowing that he's ready to give. I can just go that he wants me to just approach him and that I can just give him what I'm looking for and understand if you believe and receive, believe that you have received, you shall have. You believe, you receive. You receive before you get, but you receive it by going to him, saying, you're not a friend who wants me to keep hitting the door while he's in bed with his kids. You are the one who tells me, just ask and I'll give. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. I believe we miss out on so much prayer or results in prayer because we just don't go with this kind of faith we go thinking that this, this is the judge that has to be bothered and, and eventually if I keep coming, he'll give me my way. What if we went thinking he loves me, I'm his child, I'm, in, I'm asking in line with his kingdom. This is why it's after your kingdom come. We want to make sure we're in line with kingdom agendas. And then just trust, it's a no-brainer. The Lord has my daily bread. Lord, dispenser of bread. Give me my bread, Lord. I'm here for my bread. And this is what will help us to grow and be stronger in our relationship with God. Do you all have enough bread for what's ahead? Do you have enough bread for what's ahead? Go day by day because you're going to need it as the days get more the way they are becoming. But the Lord has fresh loaves each day. And, and you know, today is a day where you can get back and get some fresh bread. We don't want stale bread. Stale bread doesn't do it. Fresh bread. And the Lord always has fresh bread for those who come to Him, for those who return to Him, for those who approach Him. We come boldly because of grace, because Jesus gave Himself. We can be audacious like that, and we can have the provision 